Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we have a guest with us. We have Marvin Wilkinson, who has the most fabulous store in the Denver Design District. And in Scottsdale. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. We've met Marvin because he's one of our reps that comes and, and educates us designers on what is newest, what's best, mm-hmm. um, textiles, wallpapers, uh, Degorney, um, Sue, I'll let you get into the yeah. introduction, but he's so dynamic that Sue's was like, we really need to have him on the podcast because people are going to eat him up. I know. I know a lot of you are designers, a lot of design enthusiasts. So you guys are going to love knowing what Marvin knows. Yes. So with that, I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> okay. I wrote some things down. Usually we don't write, but I'm just like, he deserves a, a really good intro. Marvin Wilkins. <laughs> A friend and inspiration. He's owner with husband R. Ellsworth of John Brooks. They have, um, you have a showroom in the Denver Design Center. You have one in Scottsdale and they really do have just the top shelf brands. So I I don't know if a lot of you know this designers, like they're, they tailor to the trade, but everyone else, there is like a secret tunnel into a magical world of offerings only offered to designers. You are kind of like El Presidente of this world, I feel like. <laughs> they, Thank you. But they're a showroom and they're representatives for not only fabrics and wallpapers, but all like luxury furnishings. Some of our favorite brands, um, again, top shelf brands are Casamont's, CNC Milano, Degorney Wallpapers, Yagre, Holly Hunt, Pierre Frey, Rose Tarlow, hundreds more. And if you go to their website, John Brooks, I think you can just Google johnbrooks.com. Yeah, you can. And yeah. you can see like all the lanes they carry. Um, it's amazing. He's an artist at heart and a curator of beauty and just the kindest of humans. He is who I'd want uh, to find and talk with at any party. And what I describe as a true gentleman, we are so wow. excited to have you, Marvin. And we have well, so many so juicy much. questions yes. <laughs> to ask you. Sorry. Yes. Welcome. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's an honor. Really. It's an honor. You guys do beautiful podcasts. I love it. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm happy to be here to help support. And educate and, you know, be part of the community that you guys have created. It's really nice. Thank you. And one thing that you can't see, Marvin, is that we have, like, I grabbed a smattering of some of my favorite fabrics Mm -hmm. and textiles from all the lines and things that you showed us. Awesome. Yeah. There's some CNC. Some teddy bear mohairs from Pierre. Yeah. That mohair is insane, by the way. Tasha. Incredible, isn't it? Color. This. Beautiful. Are you kidding? Yeah. Anyway. Beautiful. So Thanks, guys. Inspired yes. while we were talking to you. Yes. Uh, so I love it. I have mine too. So oh, I have good. mine. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. That's great because now we're on I YouTube. I got some keep. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so good. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I love my products. So, yeah. I'll bet. You it's have to great. be so fortunate to get to rep the best of the best. These are the game yeah. changers and projects, the things that I feel like editors um, call out by name when you're using something like this. Always. And yeah. It's just, um, it makes a room to have these high-end textiles in scenes because I feel like what we're getting today is a lot of performance fabric in rooms mm-hmm. or graded in. And we just don't mm-hmm. to see the art, the artistry that is fabric because it, right. it's, it's harder, more difficult to do what we call a COM in the industry. For those of you that don't make furniture often, that means customers own material. And that would mean that mm-hmm. we would go to somebody 
um, like Marvin and we would shop his beautiful showroom and we would find an extraordinary textile to put on our sofa and it's more expensive and it's less convenient, but it's the way to really make a show stopping piece that I think all your friends will talk about later on, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's what you kind of describe as like kind of generational furniture, heirloom furniture, because it's something, it's a true investment. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of talk about that, um, when to, mm-hmm. when to spend on the luxuries and what's, what you guys can think of as listeners of what you might want to invest in also. I think right. another really cool right. thing about Marvin, when I've talked to you in the past at meetings is that you travel, like you are a stranger to no continent and you meet with the artists and everything. So I feel like you have the real true Hollywood story on everyone and everything and every, like what is inspiring and what is coming and what is long lasting in this like grand. Well, that's been our pursuit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we pursued when we started our company. We, we really did. We wanted to represent the artisans. We felt, why not go to the top? Let's go to the best of the best. And we really try to represent them. They weren't in our markets. And really our showroom became our showroom only because of you designers. You know, you guys wanted the product in your markets. We brought it to you and you guys started using it. And because of that, then we brought more lines in. And because of that, we brought more lines in. And we built our showroom because of you designers and your clients. You know, so that's really been very successful. Yeah. We've been very happy with that. Yeah, it's great. Can you tell our listeners really fast, Marvin, how did you start? I think that this, this uh, story is really fantastic. And when John Brooks originated and uh, yeah, give people a peek into the short, what the short version of like. the short version of it. Um, our night started in Detroit and we moved out to Colorado um, and we both want to do a business together. My background is um, interior design, interior architecture, and then arts is customer service, logistics management, and he has a master's in, in uh, business. And so good mix, you know, logistics management and design. We moved to Colorado. We started the showroom in 93. Um, and again, like I said, our pursuit was basically to try to find the best of the best. There were a lot of lines that weren't in our markets and we knew they weren't. And we just thought, why don't we bring them in and kind of work with our design community because we wanted to have a showroom together. Um, we're very passionate about design products. And so we really pursued and we hunted down the best of the best lines out there. And it's been fun. It's been great. Okay. A little bird told me that you may have started, may or may or not started out of your car selling oh I, yeah so <laughs> so when we started yeah when we started it was yeah okay so i won't skip that so when we started we were really not we didn't have anything like we kind of went on our on our just dreams and stuff to get yeah through caution to the wind so good caution to the wind and we just kept on Anyway, so we use seven credit cards. I used to do drawings. We put them up on the walls. Designers would buy those. And I would go out in my car with every product we had and call on designers. Cause at that point, computers and we didn't have cell phones. So if I was out calling on you as a designer and you're working on a project and you said, do you have lighting for me? I'd run in my car and make sure I had the lighting packages. Or do you have this light, this fixture for me? Do you have any furniture that might this look, I'd run out to my car and grab those things. So it kind of became, I was kind of like, I'm a carpet schlepper. I'm, I'm a carpet bagger. I brought everything to you and we would work together and we'd build projects together. And that's kind of how it all started really. And I try, we have seven states that we cover. So I would travel all seven states, you know, and in the beginning we had a car that 
was really kind of rickety down and I would have to take the air filter off and spray starter fluid in it to get it going. But yeah, we had our, we had our start too. So, you know, everybody has a start somewhere and it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time, but it was definitely a rough road for a while. I know. Romantic at times, hard at times. Romantic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We probably have designers that are just starting out um, on their journey. I know that they DM us. They're wondering what to call their businesses. And so it's fun to hear how people got their start. And we're all kind of in that same shoestring boat together when we're first starting Mm -hmm. out. And you just do it the Mm -hmm. only way you know how, and then you can eventually improve on it and improve and improve until eventually you can um, afford your own showroom, your own retail space, and you can take it out of your car and um, just enjoy more white space probably (laughs) in your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we started with the lines that we have and they just kept on growing. And now, now we're a really big house. We represent about 60 manufacturers. Wow. We have, we have 36,000 square feet in Scottsdale. Amazing. That's amazing. And we have 22,000 square feet in Denver. Mm-hmm. of showrooms. Amazing. And then we have three satellite showrooms in our ter- territories. So we have one satellite in Salt Lake City. We have a Salt Lake, uh, we, have, we have one in Bozeman, and then we have a, a satellite in Aspen. And those are set up for designers to go and use. They're like libraries for them. And so that's worked out really great also. You know, we're a big, broad market and it's hard for designers to travel. So um, we set up something that they didn't have to travel as far, but we're able to still get really good quality product. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love about you guys is that, yes, we have our satellite showroom. That's such a great resource. But if we call you because we have an account with you, you guys are so fast. If I say I need all the Pierre Frey teddy bear mohairs, will you send me anything in chocolate brown? You're like, yeah, you got it. And then like we see samples like within a day or two because you guys are just so fast. And like you, you help us create these beautiful spaces. And I love that you have an interior design background because like we can tell you what we're looking for. And you, you know, exactly through your 60 vendors, 60 plus vendors, who to pull from to get what we're looking for, which I so appreciate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Well, I think the reason why we do what we do is because I, when I was young doing design work, Mm -hmm. it was really hard to work in design. It really was. As a young designer going into a showroom, they were very intimidating. They honestly, it was so hard for me to get appointments. It was hard for me to get memos from them unless I had a senior designer and Mm -hmm. I was running projects at the time. And it was like, what's going on? So when we started our showroom, we decided to be completely the opposite. We're very friendly. We're an ex- we treat ourselves as an extension of your office. You know, we understand that you have needs, but you don't have a lot of time. So we need to know that we need to get you your answers. We need to get you, mm-hmm. you know, your, your tear sheets, the finishes, whatever you need. We need to get that to you quickly because your time is limited with your client and you don't have a lot of, you know, bandwidth that you can approach your clients with things. So we we really work hard at that. That's awesome. Okay. That's great. Okay. Question for, um, it can be designers, but also just for the general public, where do you think it's, where would you, people always want to know where to splurge and where do you think people could save when they're working on their interiors? Um, I think, I think good splurge places are personal spaces, like really the personal spaces, like master bedrooms. I think people's libraries, I think family rooms or living main areas where people live. I think of where you want to surround yourself with beautiful things, mm-hmm. you know, rooms that you're not living in as much. If you have a bigger house, you probably wouldn't do as grand of furniture. doesn't mean you can't still find quality. The price points might be a little different, but the, the better quality or the things that you really love, you want to surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. So I, I suggest that you put it in the rooms that you're in mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, of all the mm-hmm. pieces, like say in a family room that you're like, because mm. we design in high-low. Everybody wants that high-low game, you know, and there's some p- things yeah. that should, you know, just performance-wise be a higher price point to sustain livability, right? Um, what do you yeah. think are like the pieces within a home that deserve quality and luxury to like really consider well, those when you're like kind of spreading out your pennies? Well, I think, I think definitely the things that really need to be quality are your comfort. So where you sit, I think seating is, is king for me. Like I love lounging in a sofa. So the sofa has to be really comfortable for me. Um, chairs are really important. Lamps are important to me, you know, the right look, the right amount of light that comes into the room. Uh, so those things I think would be nice investments. Um, rugs, it, it depends. Everybody's a little different in design. So it, it's going to vary. My answer is for everybody because some people love the art of it. So they want to surround themselves with maybe like a beautiful rug, a piece of artwork in the room, you know, a beautiful lamp that was handmade or ceramic. But the other stuff isn't as important to them. So they're going to go a little bit different. So everybody's take on luxury and what they want to surround themselves is slightly different, I feel. Yeah. Which I think it's good you for know. any listener to, to hear that and think mm-hmm. about to yourself, like what is important to you? If, if it's easy, yeah. make sure that the fabric's mm-hmm. awesome. Make sure the depth is perfect. Um, exactly. But if, but if it's like your backdrop and that art, like that for me, mm-hmm. unlike you are, or unlike you, Marvin and art, <laughs> where like, our art is my jam. Like that is like what I find pennies to throw at because I yeah. love it so darn much. So figure out what is important to you listener to like, really that's what's worth the investment is what's worth it I to agree. you mm-hmm. personally. So 100%. that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. This is um, probably a little bit polarizing. <laughs> I don't know if you can okay. answer this. What is the difference in your opinion between Gracie and DeGorney wallpaper? We went there. Ooh. Okay. So you went there. <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I think they're both incredibly beautiful lines and I'm going to do this very politically correct. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love them both and I've, I've, I've loved them both for years. In fact, I've used both of them. Um, I think I could talk a little bit more about the in the sense that they're a family business. The father started the business. Um, the daughters are taking over the business. We love family businesses. Um, it's handmade. Uh, they have their own studios. They have their own workshops and they have their own factory in China that they work out of in Shanghai. So I love that part of the quality is that they're very vertical and how they see the, the quality being done. And I think that's really important. Um, they do anything from like a transitional look to more of a traditional look to more of a contemporary look. And I love that also about them. Their paper quality, I think is phenomenal. The other lines are also, everybody has a different take. It's like fabric lines, you know, they're all really beautiful, but they all have their own language and they all talk differently to clients. And I think that's how you decipher them a little bit more to me. Mm-hmm. Why would you Marvin? Does that help? Yeah. Why would you Marvin <laughs> choose one over the other? Is it kind of, why would I choose one? Because why would I choose one? Um, I think it's right. I, I really loved, I mean, I represent the I love them. Um, I've gotten to know them. It's a family. I love that. They are like the art of it. Like with all my manufacturers, the best thing about our manufacturers is they love what they do. So I can call them and I can talk to them about what they're doing. And they're so passionate about it. It's just, it's incredible. So I would choose the of course. Mm-hmm. 
Love yeah. that. <laughs> I remember first seeing Degorney um, when they had this show called Million Dollar Decorators on the mm-hmm. air, and Jeffrey Allen Marks' kitchen in his Malibu house has the fish Degorney paper mm-hmm. on the wall. Amazing. And I was like, what is it? I could not believe. And ever since then, I was like, I've got somehow in my life, I've got to live to be able to have this wallpaper. I don't even live near the water, but that was so <laughs> like metallic and just, I don't know. Such a mood. It was such a mood. Such it was magical. Mood. It's, 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 yeah. it's like what you were saying. It's, it's, it's surrounding you with art, yeah. you know, and that's what's so beautiful totally. about it. Yeah. The it murals. just is really art yeah. piece that's surrounding you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Totally. And you've lived, um, and you've been in design long enough, John, that you are not John, sorry, Marvin. John Brooks. You should tell us really quick. Why is it called John Brooks? Oh yeah. Your name's Marvin and your husband's name's Art. My name is, is Art. So it's Marvin John Wilkinson, Arthur Brooks Ellsworth. Got it. And it was better than Marvin. And I joke about this and people hate it that I say it's better than Marvin and Arts. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good call. Got it. So it's your middle name. <laughs> so it's our middle names. You know, we started 30 years ago and then we just wanted something really solid. Yeah. The other thing, we didn't want to have our names on it because when I'm out there on the road for years, people didn't know that we owned the company because we were young and we were, we were just going out there and doing the road. And that. It was really good to hear how we were performing, how fast we were moving, what people thought about us. They didn't know I was the owner. So they were telling me everything about my staff and everything that was going on. So it was perfect for a while. And now that now most people know that we're the owners of it and that's fine. Yeah. But that's not, that's not why we do this. We do it because we love the manufacturers and the designers that we work with. Totally. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Um, next up, what are your favorite up and coming brands? Oh, wow. You're like most excited about in, in, in your space up and coming or resurging. You're just like, what's happening with oh. some existing brands that are like coming to the table with yeah, something, maybe new creative direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think I, the thing that's, it, it's tough. There's so many great lines. Like Cosmos is phenomenal with their new collections that are coming out. They have incredible new wallpapers coming out. I think that's Ooh, amazing. Okay. I, I think really beautiful mocha, same thing, Rose Tarlow. She's doing some beautiful new modern takes on traditional furniture, which I love. She's doing a beautiful fabric collection. She's doing a beautiful um, solution dyed acrylic collection that looks like indoor. It's great performance. People are falling in love with it. Um, there's so many great things. A Rudin, their upholstery, they're coming with some beautiful new designs with that. Yeah, there's so many great things. Um, Vaughn, lighting. Uh, Porto Romano is always a leader to me in lighting. Their their new collections are always dynamic, exciting. They have glass, they have metal, they have clay, they have, you know, they're, so they're very diverse, but they're, they're very forward thinking. I think the thing that's been great for our industry, it's not a great thing, but COVID really made a lot of artists kind of reflect and kind of become artists again to me. And so the creativity I I feel is so empowered. You know, there's so many people that are creative right now and there's so many beautiful things coming out all over the place. I mean, it's, it's really an exciting time to me. And you, I mean, you go to like international shows. I know you go to like shows in Paris and imagine London. We do. What's like, what do you think is the best show and what do they, what do they bring to the market and how does it, when and how does it like kind of flow back into the U S since... So the big show that we go to is um, Deco Off. It's part of the Maison Objet time. It's in January. That's the only unfortunate time that they do it. It's in um, Paris. And 
it is, I, I would, I would call it, it's our fashion week for fabrics. So they're introducing the fabrics for the spring season and for the fall season. And we get to go through it and work with them and then look at what we're going to be using. But also we get to see the designers that are designing the collections. And I think that to me, did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care sleep health if you just head over to cozyearth.com and use the promo code dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off you guys we don't have to wait for a sale you can use this anytime again the code is dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off better sleep awaits you with cozy earth about going to deco off as a designer or as a owner of a company that represents the lines you're meeting the designers that are designing the pieces they're telling you why they designed it what their direction was for and what inspired them and to me it's the art of it i mean it's such a beautiful time and it's such a great time the other thing you, you all the fabric lines are doing it so you know so many people because we've been in the industry for 30 years it's like a reunion we know people from all over the country all over the world that are part of this industry and love this industry our industry most people in it love what they do so mm -hmm. it's like it's so much fun getting together with everybody. It's like a reunion every year for that. So we also, Oh, go ahead. We also oh, I was going to say one other thing. Um, and at the Paris deco off, the one thing that we do with 11 other showrooms is we throw a big party. It's called the American party in Paris. And so at this point, it has turned into over a thousand people that join us at this party and it is spectacular. And this year and last year it's turned more black tie. You know, people want to go to Paris and going to a party in Paris. It's like, why not? Pretty woman time, you know, like let's everybody get really beautiful, have a great time and really enjoy the community and what we're involved with. Oh, so fun. Is there a theme every year? Um, I think it's just the celebration of the design world. I did, we really don't have a theme, but we usually do it in incredible buildings in Paris and it's quintessential Paris. So mm. it's, it's pretty amazing. I'll put that on my bucket. You guys will, you'll, yeah, go ahead and you guys will love it. Uh, it's, it's an amazing party. We're going to do it yeah. one day. Absolutely love. Okay. Good. I want to know, I'm sure all of the listeners want to know too, when you were there, did you guys see you probably saw certain themes throughout different lines, even though they're all different artists, everybody has their own interpretation of the world and what's mm -hmm. coming and what's new and what's next, where there's certain colors. Cause I know 
we're all saying, hey, it's color again. It's not just about neutrals. It's not just a black and white house. Everybody's doing color again. Um, we're also seeing traditional has sort of been a new trend, yeah. which it's funny that traditional again. is trending, right? Um, and then we yeah. also see contemporary being really, really hot. But that transitional space is one that um, they just barely, we just barely did a panel with traditional home. She's calling traditional the fibromyalgia of the design <laughs> category that just everybody's putting the word transitional under this massive umbrella. And nobody really knows what it means anymore, which is so funny. But with, um, with what you're seeing at the market, is there anything that you could tell to our design loving audience What's new? What's next? What colors are just absolutely, you know, the strongest, the best? I'm curious um, myself too. Uh, I think yeah. I have ideas, but you're seeing it. I feel like before we're probably seeing it at high point. I'm, so, I'm seeing it probably a little bit sooner than you're probably saying. You know what? I think you 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 kind of nailed it though. It is transitional. It is a broad umbrella. Um, the contemporary is still moving forward. That's going to continue moving forward. Um, traditional is moving in. It's not necessarily going to take over, but especially into our markets, you know, out west, we're a little bit more desert. We're a little bit more open. So I don't really see the traditional really landing into our markets as much. It might be sprinkled throughout. I think furniture may look a little bit more traditional with maybe more contemporary fabrics and doing vice versa. So mm -hmm. people we're seeing people doing like a little bit more contemporary furniture with some traditional fabrics on them, you know, so you're getting that play um, colors that are really popular that we're noticing is like the forest greens, the mustard colors, beautiful golden browns, like variations of browns. And then when you're getting into like, there's also the whole group that's getting into jewel tones. Like Sanderson has a beautiful collection of the jewel tones. You know, Morris collection is taken off like crazy. Um, it's a jewel tones. It's like tr traditional Crestman prints and things. So um, I think color is back. Um, I think though that there is a neutralness that will always resonate throughout our market. And so the neutral fabrics are still all to be there for us. Um, they're just going to be different textures and different types of weaves that we'll see happening. Yeah. Cause you're going to see yeah. what's, what's coming, but then you also get to mm -hmm. see what's performing. Like what, yes. are, what are people buying? You know what I mean? Um, like, like that's how we're voting is with our yep. dollar. And so it's one thing for a line to come out and say, mm -hmm you know, Hey, this tangerine color is really hot and we're seeing it, but are people actually buying it or is it just fun for us to look at and talk about as designers? Well, that's, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's always, you know, like with trends and movements, it's always a, a big long road that takes to do that. Um, yeah. I, I, I see things happening, um, with color. It's not necessarily as dynamic yet as, you know, we're talking, I think we're talking about color a little bit more. I think people are pushing it. We're seeing a lot more people pulling color and we've seen a lot more orders of color. Um, doesn't mean that it's broad sweeping yet because we still have the clients that are still hesitating about it. it it's coming. Um, I think ge geometric patterns are really pretty big, but textures in just really good upholstery weaves is still king. People love textured fabrics. I mean, it's, it is one thing that in our markets, people really love them. And I think that's been really successful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. 
So Sue and I Please. had this Sue and I had this conversation with um, a woman that has worked for Century Furniture her whole life doing visuals, different brands, choosing the fabrics and finishes for the showrooms at High Point. Um, she's mm-hmm. in her seventies today, mm-hmm. and she's so frustrated when we're like, "Hey, tell us where the most beautiful fabrics are that you guys are getting that are graded in on your upholstery mm-hmm. line." And she's like, "There's no more beautiful fabrics anymore." And she's really? so, she's so distraught. I think it's Probably because with, within just like kind of the, a certain price point graded in, like, yeah. because everybody is so yep. focused on performance, you uh-huh. know, and, and Krypton's and all the things that just some of the artistry that she's used to, I think in her experience yeah. just aren't as available in those markets. And that, and that right. companies making things that are like $30, $50 or less a yard, mm-hmm. she's saying they're putting all their time attention into performance and yes. so we're just not seeing the beautiful textiles, the beautiful patterns and prints like they used to, that these lines, um, upholstery lines are all spending all their time getting performance on the market. And so it's, it's discouraging well, the, to hear that. And we're sitting around this table with all your beautiful fabrics in front of us. And we're like, well, there, here's evidence right dead. here that there's like beautiful, yeah. beautiful fabrics yes. that are still. That's what I was going to say. Um, Our fabric just, lines. Yeah. Our performance, like Casamas is performance. They are, but they're quality and they're beautifully done. These people really do their research and they really try to find beautiful patterns that they can put together in the yarns that they have to work with. And it takes time and as everybody does, but they seem to be able to work in and out and they're getting 40,000 number ups. They're getting really nice durabilities with it and keeping their price points. Not crazy. I don't think we have a fabric line that really has crazy, crazy fabric prices. Our prices tend to be really modest and and doable for most of our designers, you know, which is really nice. And I have, I have another question just to kind of follow up with that on, I think with like the performance fabric, you know, everybody, Mm -hmm. everybody wants something that's bomb proof. Of course that doesn't exist. Nothing is bomb. That doesn't exist. That does not exist. Um, but I think it's been for so long. We want like a, people want like a synthetic blend. They want polyester, but I think there's a lot of natural fibers that as we've talked to experts, they're like natural fibers are like, they can be wool is such a powerful thread. Silk so strong. What are your opinions on just like some of these like natural cottons, linens, you know, some of these other fibers that I think people kind of disregard because it doesn't say hydrophobic on it. What are your thoughts on like longevity of those? I I think, you know, if you have the right mill and you have the right people putting it together, I think you can get the durability that you need. We've been able to see that with our lines, you know, so that's been really nice. Okay. They're, they're definitely finding the finding the ability to use natural fabrics. In fact, Cosmos is coming up with a natural fabrics collection. You know, people are going back to natural fibers also because they do know they're durable and they do have longevity. We just kind of have really gotten caught up in this whole performance and this whole synthetic world that we're, there's people that are kind of going back to wools, like you said, linens, good durable cottons, mm-hmm. you know, things, things like that. So fewer cancer causing agents, <laughs> California. <laughs> <gets on it. laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, of the things that you see, um, Jess asked this a second ago and I'm just going to rephrase it. Um, because you've done this for a long enough time, the trends that you've seen kind of come, you know, in and out and in and out, what has mm. staying power? Like of these things, what patterns do you think have staying power as far as like when people are like, they might gravitate towards this bold stripe, like does it have staying power? I, I think that about? it'll have staying power if, if the client is in love with it. You know, staying power is, is debatable. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what's staying power to you is may not be staying power to me. So I think that's where a debate comes in. But staying power, I think, is the quality of the product. You know, that's going to be longevity for a client. And I don't think that really doing something really wild and really bold is going to be staying power. You know, I think we all know that already. You know, when you get loud and you get bold, it's only going to last so long. You know, it can only radiate so long. So um, it's something that's a little bit more, again, going back to transitional, I think is going to be where your best bet for staying power is going to be pieces like that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of like how Al Saint started. We, there wasn't really in our market, there wasn't anything Mm -hmm. transitional. It was all quite heavy and Tuscan and and just for yeah. that niche. And she's just like, I can't find as a designer, she couldn't find anything uh, that she was seeing in magazines and that she wants to use on projects. So kind of like you, mm-hmm. that's how yeah. things started also yeah. just to try and find yeah. something that would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were in a very heavy Tuscany t- yeah, it was a dark you know, time. back in about 20, <laughs> we were in like a dark time. Yeah, it was. It was heavy, heavy, heavy decorative. It was heavy. Iron it was, and heavy texture walls and yeah. Yeah, big, heavy trims. A lot of weight, naughty wood. A lot of naughty alder. Dark, dark Too much naughty alder. Did all, did all yeah. of you guys like it then? No. Were you into it? Yes. I, I think we all did. I think, it, you know, I think the thing with design, I think it just evolves. I think, it, it does you know, evolve. at a certain, yeah. it, it evolves, you know, like I'll move around the show and go, wow, that's the best the showrooms looked. And then through, later we're moving around again. Oh my God. So that's how it looks. Yeah. It's just by moving things around and seeing them in a different light. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, Oh, there you go. You know what? I think that's so, proof right there that you like change, you know, yes. you think Marvin, know. you're flexible. Yeah. yeah I feel I'm, like I'm, I like change yeah. too. I didn't know that about myself, but I get tired of something and then I'm like, well, let's just change it. And then you get this yeah. thrill and you're like, it's the best it's ever looked. <laughs> it's because you love to see it new again, you know? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. And I think that could go to anybody's home too. Like if you're, if you're yeah. yourself or whatever, it should get better. You know, yeah. as you evolve and as you grow and experience things, like implement that into your space and your backdrop. Yeah, like change it. And how change boring it would again. it be if it change it? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Move it around a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that living, breathing thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, we want to know your tips to designers and honestly, humankind, when it comes to develop. <laughs> um, give us your best tips on developing relationships. Oh wow! We put this um, in you know, here. I think- oh, sorry, Marvin. I was going to say we put this in here <laughs> because ahead. I was like Marvin is so good because as the owner of this company, he comes and talks to us and he tells us all the story and you make everyone feel important and Mm -hmm. like they can call you. Everybody is important. Exactly. It is. But you make us, but not everybody, just like you said, when he first started, not everyone felt that way going into a showroom. Like how do you develop your relationships, you know, with your manufacturers, with clients, with just people in general? Well, I think, I think in general, the bottom line is being transparent and being honest right from the get go, but then being, you know, being consistent with people, really listening to what their needs are, are instead of thinking, I know what your needs are. You know, I really need to hear what you are looking for instead of me just automatically thinking, I know what you're looking for. I think it's really important for working with a design community. And I think just, um, being able to communicate properly and, and pull stuff out of other people and try to get their information on what their needs are. I think is really important. I don't know if I'm answering this correctly, yeah, but I'll bet, you know what yeah. I, I think that, um, I was just trying to think about your origin story and Mm -hmm. you probably learned that maybe you've always been that way, but maybe you extra learned that because you knew you needed to know exactly what their needs were because you needed to know how to load your car. 
Cause you're like, right. If, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. If you're That's interested in light fixtures, different things are going in my car than if you want right. wallpaper or if you want carpets. Right. So I think yeah. knowing it's more practical to know exactly what people are interested in. And then even if you can dial down from there, like I'm interested in Tuscan light fixtures cause I'm building a big Tuscan mm-hmm. home or I'm interested, mm-hmm. I'm doing a beach house. <laughs> so I want kind of a light, bright neutral palette. I want oatmeals. I want blues. I want yellows. Um, you know, like you can load your car more practically or you can show them the things that they're interested in. Um, if, if we ask really good questions in the beginning, yes. it's, it's more practical in the beginning. and you're not wasting their yeah. time. You're not wasting yours and you're not bringing the wrong things. And so yeah, it's, it's yeah. becomes the Disneyland fast pass as we like to call it when we know exactly what people want. Well, I think this is also taking time. You know, my knowledge wasn't always there. My knowledge has grown over the years. Mm-hmm. And by that, I think a lot of younger designers feel comfortable talking to me about their needs because I through a project. Like if they're looking for a light fixture, where's that light fixture going? What do you, what else is going in the room? So I can walk them through the rooms on their needs and where they're also looking in that room. And I think that's also really helpful. I think we try to set up our sales team as an extension of your office to be able to be able to think a little bit ahead of where you guys were at with your projects. So we're kind of helping you get ahead of your project. And that I think is really important. Yeah. Any other tips on developing relationships besides listening? Um, I just, I think just communicating. I think it's really important to communicate and staying in touch with people. I think that's how you develop a relationship. Also, you don't just kind of see people and then just kind of see them a year later or two years later. You try to stay in touch with people. You try to get to know them a little bit better. I think the other thing is really getting to know them as a person, you know, what are you interested in? What, what are your likes, dislikes? What do you do for fun? What do you like to do for, you know, are you married and not married? But just getting really to know people. And that's always so, so much fun. Yes, totally. I love that. Yeah. Any um, advice for designers or people about follow through, like follow up? Because obviously the always. business that you're in is, it's a sales business too, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you want to be able to close the deals um, because yeah. you guys need to be able to keep the lights on, but then you also don't want to seem too urgent. You need to give people time. So do you say to them, mm-hmm. let me know when the best time to follow up with you is, or I'll be calling you on Tuesday to follow up on this, or do you have any best practices on follow through? Um, well, I think what we, I, I think what we try to do is have our team try to get to know the designers that they're working with and how they like to work. Yeah. You know, that that's going to be the best way for me to work with you instead of me forcing how I work onto you. Mm-hmm. You know, so we really try to reach out to the designer and say, you know, like, do you want me to follow up on these quotes right away? Or do you want me to re- wait a week or two for you to do that? I can do it that way. Do you want me to um, reach out? in a few weeks and see what's going on. I mean, it's kind of on the designer and how they want to be approached with it. Um, we set up our team that they do the quote and then they follow up on the, on the quotes for the clients within a matter of a few days, unless the designer wants them to follow up a different way. Some people want to get calls. Some people want to get emails now. Yeah. Some people don't want to be communicated with. It's all different. <laughs> We're mind readers. But. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, yeah. Communication is really important. You know, I think it's, it's the king of all that. Yeah, it is really important and making sure people know Mm -hmm. that that they feel like they're heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. I know. I know know that you're like, I just keep looking in your backdrop and I think you've seen so many homes, you've helped people curate so many homes and all these lines. Um, What, what do you think in your own home? What, what's your passion 
and what would you want to buy more of tomorrow? As far as just like someone that's been around the block that has seen everything, what what to you? I'm I'm probably a lot like I I would buy artwork all day long. Okay, <laughs> cheers. What's I'm a, I'm an art fanatic. You know, Art and I fell in love with buying artwork a long time ago, and then we got the bug of so we set up like these little parameters for us when we buy. I'm going to tell you a little story. So we have to agree on buying a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have to fall in love with it, and we both agree. But we also have to meet the artist and see where their passion mm-hmm. is. Yeah, that's also really important to us. Yeah. you know, are they going to be just so uh, artist that's doing a few pieces and then go on to something? else or are they really passionate and they have a vision that they want to go forward with Mm -hmm. and that we like supporting people like that so we'll support artists when we find them that are really passionate or really trying to make something of themselves but definitely we're we're major art junkies okay yeah we have a we have a monster collection yeah it's nice i love that that's why you have two homes you have to (laughs) yeah we need more walls yeah we need more yes yes i love it very fortunate Awesome. Um, what have the past 30 years taught you? Um, that I have had an incredible life that I get to work with incredible people that I have an incredible design community that loves product, beautiful work throughout our region. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really proud of how our community has grown and become so professional. And so their eyes have gotten so good and everybody's kind of stepping up and stepping up and always improving. That's been really rewarding to us. I think the community in throughout our whole region is just really extremely talented and very unknown to me. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't get the publicity like they do on both coasts. And there's so much talent through our region. It's it's just kind of a shame to us that you don't get the recognition that you deserve. You know, yeah. I, I love the industry. I've been blessed my whole life by doing this. I get to represent artists in every way, you know, from my manufacturers to my designers, to the artists that we collect all the way around. It's just been a really an incredible journey for me, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do this. Well, I think your gratitude is probably what makes you successful and your ability, people feel that and they probably want to be near you and want to support you. And they love what you curate because you have such a great Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so nice. Yeah. So good. Um, Okay. So we're going to ask you a question that we ask every guest that comes on the podcast. We want to know how you define luxury. Uh, Luxury can be, okay. So luxury to me can be time. You know, that can be one thing, but luxury to me is quality is craftsmanship. It could be the artist. It could be a limited edition. Um, it could be, it's, it's all that to me. That's what luxury is. It's, it's not really one thing or another. It's that vernacular is top of the top to me. You know, like if it's music, music, like listening to the best music is a nice luxury to me. You know, listening to a symphony play, listening to a good band play is also a luxury too. Mm-hmm. You know, going to see beautiful artwork is a luxury to me. Mm-hmm. Little, we were very fortunate. We have a lot of luxuries in our lives. We just don't recognize them as luxuries. Mm-hmm. You know, by having the visuals that we get to see every day, that to me is like incredible. Mm-hmm. We're so blessed, you know, yeah. we're we are so, so lucky. Blessed. We're yeah. so darn lucky. That's so blessed. true. Boy, everybody's going to leave this podcast feeling blessed <laughs> and fortunate. I, I love your vernacular for I that. Know. And I love your um, energy towards it because yeah, you're right. I feel like, um, time to be able to do the things we love, right. That's, yeah. I guess, a way to sum up what you said, just like 
listening yeah. to music, looking at art, whatever you love and having the time to do what you love is, is really a great luxury in life. I think that's a great challenge yeah. for everybody too, is just like to look around you and identify those luxuries. Cause again, they're not all like based, we on, don't a always recognize not always them based on a dollar. It's, it's a lot more no, than that. No, it's you know? not. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. Yeah. And it's something that we don't always recognize. You know, it's something that, you know, it's, it is a luxury to have all this around us. It is a luxury to listen to that kind of music or have that art. Yeah. I think or it's all that it. food. Yes. Food. Oh my God. I'm a foodie. I love food. Yeah. <laughs> you do. That's so fun. Well, uh, Marvin, tell the people listening if they want to check out, um, John Brooks, is there a way for them to go to a website or can yeah. you give them your, your digits, your address? Yeah. So, the, so it's John Brooks com is basically what it is. And that's where they can find our webpage and then go online. They can follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. which would be really great. We have a great Facebook page. Um, and designers, we welcome you to come to our showroom. If you're from out of town, out of the country, we'd love to have you come visit our beautiful house. People do love our showrooms. Um, the thing that's great about our showrooms are very homey. So people, when they come in, they feel really comfortable, even though they're really large. Um, our teams are amazing. Um, they're very dedicated. I, that's the one thing that's made our company so successful honestly, is our teams. Um, they've been with us for quite a while. They're very dedicated. They love what they do just like I do. It's contagious. So, um, yeah, our showrooms are pretty amazing. I'd love for people to come visit. So cool. Thank you so much for coming on Marvin. You are such a gentleman. We've loved talking design with you today. And, um, if any of you guys have any questions for us, feel free to send them in to dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 